Welcome to Jets Rewind. Uh, this is Marty Shupak. I'm recording from our studios in Valley Cottage, New York. Ray Clifford is in Marysville, Ohio. Ralph Schreg has a night off. Ray, how you doing tonight? Uh, all right. That was a tough one to watch. It was, and uh, it's about 8, 8 p.m. Sunday night. It's about an hour after the New York Jets. Uh, lost to the Seattle Seahawks 40-3. And I just want to talk a couple of minutes because um, they go into this game and the Seattle Seahawks has one of the, the worst pass defense secondaries in the league. And you would never know it with the Jets. For whatever reason, whenever the Jets play a team, the opponent's weakness always looks like a strength. And it's just amazing to me. The team, I thought they were not prepared. Um, Sam did not play well at all. I'm going to get into Sam Darn in a second. Our kicker, Sergio Castillo, is a disgrace. <laughs> uh, Sergio and, Castillo. <laughs> yeah. And Ray's going to get into the referees that they didn't help either. And uh, he'll get into, this, into that in a second. I just want to point out Sam Darnold who I thought was horrific today. In the first half, I just want to point out three things. He hit Jamal Adams in the chest with a ball. And if Jamal Adams had any sort of hands, he would have had a pick six. He didn't see him. I don't know why he didn't see him. It seems like his, his, his vision is getting to be like tunnel vision. As we move on, this is his third year. He's making, he's regressing. We all know that. That's the first mistake he made in the first half. The other one was, instead of getting rid of the ball, he throws the ball out of bounds and takes a loss with Jamal Adams chasing him. Ray can't understand, neither could I, why he didn't throw the ball away. It's just unbelievable to me. And the third thing in the first half was, towards the end of the half, as the time was running down and the Jets actually had a chance to do something, they get called. Sam Darnold loses track of the play clock. They have to take the last timeout. That, to me, that was the most egregious thing he did in the first half. And I just want to mention, too, that um, in all deference to um, Mel Kuyper Jr., who I think very highly of, and I try to follow him, this past week he went on and said the Jets should get a late first-round pick. I'm telling – all you Jet fans right now, don't count on that. His value is really plummeting. If the Jets get a third-round pick, I'll be happy. So uh, that's my take on the game. It was embarrassing. Again, our coach, Adam Gase, who never should have been a, the coach of the Jets, had them unprepared. And, um, again, we don't see his face. He He's wearing a mask, and he buries it in his, his sheets. The Jets – had a new um, defensive coordinator because Greg Williams uh, got fired and, and it did not help. Our secondary was uh, horrific also. Marcus May gave an effort. I would say Frankie Luvo, I thought, gave an effort today. Um, on offense, I would give kudos to uh, Braxton Barrios, who made like two or three very nice catches. I want him on the team next year as a fourth or fifth receiver. 
I thought that uh, Braden Man punted horribly. Our special teams, besides that, was not bad. Uh, Ballantyne had a 66-yard return. But everything we did right, it didn't matter. Because not only could we not take it in, in the red zone for a touchdown, Ray, but we couldn't even score a give-me field goal. It's just incredible what's going on. And I text you earlier today, I was watching a Giant game, and um, – What's his name? Uh, the kicker, I said, is on Arizona. It used to be Nugent. Mike Nugent is on Arizona. I said, geez, we should have at least picked him up. At least we would have had extra points. So we're going to go through a little bit of the game, but it's just ridiculous to go through like every quarter. So, Ray, what's your thoughts now? And talk about the refereeing. Well, first, I'm, I'm not quite as frustrated with the team effort as you are. I don't, I don't think they played well. I thought they played good in spots. Sam didn't have the worst game I've ever seen him play, but he had those moments where you just are wondering what the hell he's thinking. And like we talked about, the the almost getting intercepted, they dropped three interceptions, by the way. Two of them at least would have probably been pick sixes, maybe all three had they held on to any of them. But um, those didn't bother me as much as him running out of bounds and taking a sack. Now, the two yards he lost weren't that big a deal, but it's just the the whole point of it. Why are you not just throwing the ball away? You're at the sideline. You're out of the pocket. You are behind the line of scrimmage. All you have to do is throw it away. What? I don't understand the thought process of why you run out of bounds just because Jamal Adams is getting close to you. Made no sense. Earlier in the half, he did the same thing, but he, he did throw it away, but he waited till he got all the way to the sideline. When he was at the numbers in the, in, the, in, in the field, when he started scrambling, he was at the numbers and started being chased. I said then, I started saying, throw it away, throw it away. He waited till he was one step from out of bounds, which the bad part of that was the defensive end or whoever was trailing him got close enough to tackle him. Now, he didn't have the ball anymore, but that's a sure – why take a hit you don't have to? And he did get up limping a little bit after that. He did, tackle, yes. Which bothered the hell out of me. It's like you knew well before you got to the sideline there was no play to be made. Dump the ball out of bounds and move on to the next play. Don't take a hit you don't have to take. He's already missed basically four games every year he's been on the Jets at least because he's either taken a hit or – he got sick. You know, that's, that one's just a whole different issue. As far as um, the kicking, you know, I don't understand. He made the first one, and after that, it's like missing that next one. It was like everything was the same. Every one of them was the same kind of kick. He couldn't adjust. Now we know why he was in the CFL and every other league but the NFL. But had we made some plays, like both his all three of his field goals that he missed – at halftime, that would have been still a competitive game. But the worst of it was the refing. And I don't want to sound like some, you know, oh, he's just a Sour Grapes Jets fan wearing his, you know, green and white Jets glasses. That was about the worst non-call of a pass interference right at the goal line that I've seen since the Rams ran into the Saints player in the playoffs that cost them a trip to the Super Bowl. It was on par with that. That's that's how bad it was that he did it right in front of the ref and the ref doesn't throw a flag. But in the second half, it seemed like every little ticky-tack hand hand battle 
we got called for illegal contact. And when I watched the replay, I'm like, I've seen them let that stuff go hundreds of times. There, he didn't even – and both of those plays kept a drive going that ended up making it 30-3 to three by the time we were done. Both on third down, right? Both on third and long. And both times we had pressure on, uh, on uh, uh, Russell Wilson, and it should have ended the drive. The second one was a little more understandable. Marcus May hit him a little bit, but he really didn't even knock him off his route. The first one I thought was terrible because it looked to me like him, DK Metcalf, and I think it was Bless Austin, were just hand fighting the whole way. It didn't look like it was a one-sided kind of uh, contact. So that bothered the, the hell out of me because I just thought these refs are being really ticky-tack with us of all teams, and they're letting – they let a egregious non-call go that had had they called that penalty in the first half, we'd have had a first and goal at the one. Instead, that made it fourth down, and we end up missing a field goal attempt. We would have had – probably would have scored. Yeah, we would have, could have found a way to blow it. That's the Jets. But really, we probably would have scored, which would have made it – had, had uh, Castillo made his field goals, that easily could have been a – 17-13 game after that touchdown. Now, whether they would have gone down and scored to end the half the way they did, I don't know. Because by missing the field goal, they got the ball out around the 40-yard line. Now, I won't say they were chip shots. They weren't gimmies. All of them were over 40 yards, and and that's not a gimme. But he he's shown he's got the leg for it. And it wasn't that he didn't hit it long enough. He just kept shanking them. He kept pulling them to the left. So... I was frustrated with Sam. I was frustrated with the refs on their call. And I was frustrated with Gase using, calling what I call obvious plays. They shifted both tight ends to the left side and then ran it to the left side and it got stuffed. They, what was the other one? He did a pitch out to the right. I'm like, a pitch out is like in today's game with how fast they move. If you don't have a great blocking, scheme set up a pitch out is a slow developing play and once again we got stuffed and they were so they were just so all we do is run the ball too much there aren't quick hitters he actually ran a couple screen passes that actually looked pretty good but he does it so infrequently that it's it's just never it never amounts to anything I think Seattle looked at the game film for last week and said they're running over the left side right it's exactly said we aren't going to let them do it. Right. I just want to make a point. It's exactly what I was going to say. And you're right. And Pete Carroll has been in this league forever. Yeah. He was in two Super Bowls. He won one. He lost another. And he's, you know, he's been around the block. <clears throat> he's looking at the film. And just like you said, last week, we gained over 200 yards running over the left side. So we line up two tight ends on the left side. Why in God's name can't we run a little reverse or a scissors or misdirection play to Met Perriman or Barrios? I just don't understand it. It, it was just so predictable. Yep. And uh, the, I'm just going to tell you that compared to last week, listen to the yardage we had. Uh, Josh Adams, by the way, I think Josh Adams should be our featured back right he now. He was really good today. Yeah. He had six carries, 27 yards. Frank Gore. He shouldn't even see the field. He had eight carries, 23 yards. Ty Johnson, eight carries, 16 uh, yards. 
Well, Ty Johnson was the one, the beneficiary of that stupid pitch out that, by the way, nobody blocked the defensive end who came right in and, and just leveled him right, right where right. he they, they uh, three yards behind the line. Great blocking. Right. Ray, is there any reason why when I hear these coaches at the press conference or these players, when they say bad execution – if you substitute the two words bad coaching, to me it's the exact same thing. And they'll never say bad coaching. They just say bad execution. But to me, it's bad coaching, Ray. I don't I can't say that missing a block on a guy on a tight on a defensive end that seems pretty obvious. I can't say that that's not bad execution. Somebody should have been assigned. I'm I'm guessing somebody was assigned to block that guy. And I think it was Fant. Um, it looked to me like he went to the inside and just ignored the defensive end. But then again, I don't know. Maybe it was Trayvon Wesco who uh, was back there blocking too, who actually had a couple plays where he made some nice blocks on some runs. I thought actually uh, uh, Johnson, it's not that he had a bad game, but I thought they were keying on him. And I, I just didn't think we, uh, we used him the right way. I actually thought there were moments we looked pretty good. And I thought I was most frustrated that by the time we got to halftime, the game was basically over and it didn't have to be, it wasn't technically, it was 23 to three, but you know, it was, it was a little while later, it was 30 to three and that was that. But I felt like that could have been 23 to 13 or 17 to 13, either one. I thought we had a chance of, uh, of keeping that game competitive. And I get tired of hearing the guys who announce the game just sit there like everybody else. And just because of our record go, well, the Jets are terrible. Well, yeah, we know that. But to act like, you know, he goes up and down the roster, there's nobody on the Jets. Well, I think people need to pay better attention to what Joe Douglas has done so far. I don't think he's done a bad job for what he's had to work with in the time he's been given. I'll judge Joe Douglas more severely after this coming draft and this coming free agency period than I have up to this point. Right. Ray, just to go over quickly, we're not going to go over a lot, but the first quarter uh, we went down the field and it was nice. Um, uh, there was a nice 11 yard run over the left side to start the game. And uh, believe it or not, we got another first down. Chris Herndon caught a 10 yard pass his only reception of the day. And then um, there was a pass to Perryman uh, that was a rope. It was a really a, a, a tight, a tough pass to catch, but Sam really stepped into it. On the third and nine, there was a pass incompletion to Perryman. It was a tough, would have been a tough catch, Ray, but I texted you right after that. I thought he should have made that catch. I mean, that would have been a hell of a catch. I mean, I know it hit his hands, but it wasn't like solid on his hands. It was. It would have been a fingertip catch, but with those gloves they wear, I, I, I thought he would catch it. He actually dropped one later that really was right on his hands. I just, I look. I just want to point something out to you. What I think, I agree with you on the uh, pass interference call and the non-call with Paraman. Yeah. But if you look closely. I think Perriman had like a step or two on the defender and Sam didn't lead him like he could have. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, Sam. And I think Perryman could have helped him by trying to come back to the ball and let the guy run into him. He kind of stood there and let the guy run into him. If he'd, have, if he'd made a move back towards the ball, it would have been much more obvious that he was being interfered with. He didn't really 
make a move to like fight for the ball that you know Perryman did that but it still was so obvious right but you know it's funny you bring out that point Ray this is not the first time we spoke about that yeah Perryman trying to uh, fight for the ball too I mean he's been pretty good and he's got a lot of speed but um, when you talk about fighting for the ball the little we saw of Denzel Mims who didn't play today there's a guy that fights for the ball and he uses athleticism but anyway we went down the field. We hit a 45-yard field goal. They got the ball, and they just went through us like a hot knife through a butter. They, they ran the ball. They passed the ball. They did a reverse for 20 yards, and then they threw a touchdown pass to Swain. After the end of the first quarter, it was 7-3. to three. We're losing. And after that, it was all downhill. I just want to point out, and you mentioned it, that Marcus May made one of the nicest interceptions you ever <laughs> want to see. Yeah where he tipped it and he ended up catching it. And then there was a player, you would ask me, where did he come from? Uh, he caught one pass. Do you remember Jaleel, the Jaleel something. Scott, was it? Scott, yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I could look it up while we're on the air, but I, I, for some reason I think he either went to uh, Michigan or Michigan State. So okay. I'm going to look that I up. Should, I should recognize him then. Of course, all I could think of was Jaleel White, who you might recognize as Urkel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew it wouldn't surprise me if we signed Urkel, but I don't think that was the same guy. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, no, I can't find it offhand, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But it, it, after that, and I, I just, also I want to point out that Braden Mann had his worst uh, day as a Jet. His punting was pathetic today. And I've been his biggest fan, but whatever for whatever the reason, it was like seven to three at the end of the first quarter. That was about the game right there. Um, they um, they they to lead the second quarter. They started with a touchdown pass, and then we get the ball back. And Frank Gore should not be on the field. The first play, he fumbles the ball, and it was just I was just beside myself, Ray. What what was your thought on that? Um. He actually, you know, uh, you know what, you know, guys fumbling. <laughs> what are you, you going to say? I don't, I don't think it had to do with Frank Gore. It just had to do with the defender knocked it out. I mean, I think it was Jamal Adams who got the hand in, right? Well, Jamal Adams, they, they started crediting it to him, but it was actually the lineman. Uh, it was Snacks, Snacks Harrison. Oh, it was? Yeah. He's Snacks on Harrison. Uh, Jamal had his arm on him, but then Snacks – threw his hand in there and knocked it out it was and uh i didn't so, think he was on that team and i well, maybe it wasn't snap i thought it was maybe he's on somebody else but it was Har- whatever his name was it was harrison and i thought it was, it was snap. a harrison okay whatever it was, it was uh harrison. one of the good things in the second quarter cory ballantyne made a really nice return on a kickoff for 66 yards and i want to tell you ray he was on the verge if you saw it where he was losing his balance he regained it and he really sucked it up. If he didn't lose his balance, Ray, he had, a, I'd say, about a 50-50 chance to uh, take it to the house. Right. So, so, so that was nice. Um, and then uh, it, it didn't matter because we, we ended up missing a field goal. And they just were going right through us all day. I thought – I made a note, Ray, that I thought our pocket was collapsing, either in the middle or on the sides. And when that starts happening, Sam can't overcome that. For whatever reason, he can't roll out that fast. No. And 
he just sometimes he doesn't seem like he has the speed. So I thought the pocket was collapsing. Did you notice that? Yeah, they they upped the pressure definitely when when they knew we had to throw the ball, and that's that's when Sam struggles the most. I think is when we have to throw the ball and they know it. We don't have the line to protect him, you know, as well as we should. And I think he feels uncomfortable in a situation where he has to throw as compared to when we're running the ball well so he can kind of do a play action or something. Like it worked last week. Uh, just a bit of, uh, of uh, info for you. Go ahead. Uh, Jaleel Scott went to New Mexico State, and that is Snacks Harrison. Oh, they, they didn't uh, mention him. They mentioned a bunch of Jets, and they yes, didn't mention they did. him, I thought. You're right. You're right. It seems like every team in the league has ex-Jets, though, too. You know that when we play him? Yeah. It's like – We always find a way to play against him. Buffalo has uh, Brian Winters, Andre Roberts. <laughs> it just well, – if you And also at, they, they have Devin Lee now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you look at – if you look at uh, all the people – and they have Brian Dable as their offense coordinator. Brian who was Dable, yeah. But Seattle had all kinds of guys, like Pete Carroll, Brian Schottheimer, Geno. Yes. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Geno Smith. At the end, at the halftime, it was 23 to 3. And, you know, we all knew it was over because they're getting the ball in the second half. That always happens to the Jets. Um, I've never seen the Jets kick off in the second half for the last hundred years, to be honest with you. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Again, I thought uh, Barrios was was pretty good. He was a gamer today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hewitt made some nice plays. The The second half, I mean, it was just torture. Um, Russell Wilson, he, he it's amazing how he had such a bad game the week before against the Giants. And he bounces back and he throws four touchdown passes and he looks – like we think he is, like like a, like an MVP. It was just he was just phenomenal the way he saw the players. If he had to throw a bullet, he threw a bullet or a rope. If he had to uh, put air under the ball, he did that. He did everything right today. At the end of three quarters, it was thirty-seven to three. They topped it off with a um, with a field goal in the fourth quarter and and to pour salt in the wounds. Um, Geno Smith was in there, and that wasn't uh, good for us. But anyway, just a, a few stats, and we'll talk some more. Sam Darnold, 14 for 26, 132 yards. I thought he looked terrible. Um, Sergio Castillo was one for four, field goal. Braden Mann, five punts with an average of 39.4. It's unbelievable. Um, Corey yeah, Ballant- even averaging like 48 or something. Yeah, he was terrible. He was awful. Uh, Corey Ballantyne had the nice return, and Brexton Barrios had a good return. Mm-hmm. As far as the, the defense, Neville Hewitt had um, uh, nine tackles, two tackles for losses. Boy, Ray, remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago how he was like number nine in the league in tackles? That was just last week. Yeah, last week. He brought it up on the <laughs> you know, he's what do you have? Good. What do you have? He had nine tackles, two tackles for losses. That, that's yeah. how you want to keep. Well, uh, I think he's. Uh, I think that's who took over for Williamson when we got rid of him. So he's kind of the guy that we rely on. I think. Right. Um, Bless Austin had seven tackles, and Bless Austin got thrown out of the game for unsportsmanlike contact. He looked like a thug. 
Quinton Williams, I thought, wasn't as good as the few weeks before, but he had like uh, six tackles, four solo, and the two assisted tackles. The other player I want to mention, I thought, played a good game. I thought Foley Fadakasi was pretty active. Uh, he had a sack and two tackles for a loss. And like I said, Franklin Luvo had a, had a pretty good game. Uh, other than that, I mean, um, on the, as far as the receptions, Barrios had three for 49, Perriman three for 26, Jaleel Scott one for 16, Jeff Smith one for 14, Chris Herndon one for nine. Ray, I, I want to keep Herndon. I just would like to see what he does with another coach. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I won't care either way. It won't bother oh. me if they don't. And it, I mean, if they want to give him another shot, that's okay too. I, maybe he'll recapture that rookie year uh, magic because he hasn't looked like that for two years now. So, I mean, he'll make a catch, but I mean, he's not, he doesn't seem like a difference maker, but who knows? I, I mean, I don't know. I want, I'm just, I'm just ready to get to next year and see who the coach is and see what kind of changes they make and see who we draft. And hopefully he's kind of active in the free agent market. I don't believe in going too crazy in the free agent market. I think that's just as dangerous as, as uh, trying to do too many trades and assemble this all-star team all at once. Yeah. But I think he could, I think he, if he makes some good drafts and fills in with, you know, one or two, uh, free agents on each side of the ball, I think we'd be, uh, I think we'll be heading in the right direction next year. And I don't, I don't think we're going to go deep into the season. I, I don't know if we'll end up going winless this year, but I don't think we'll be winless six, seven weeks into the season next year. I think we're going to be vastly improved. No, we will. We will. And um, just so you know, Ray, um, Gardner Minshew played today for Jacksonville. Yeah, I think he came in later, though, didn't he? Oh, he did? I don't even know. Yeah, oh. I think Glennon started. Okay, which I I think it's a good sign because I think if you have Mitchell against uh, Chicago, I think it gives them a better chance of winning. And for all you fans, you, I, I'm sure you know what we're alluding to is that we're still nervous that somehow the Jets are going to eke out a victory. Screw up and win a game. Yeah, and lose that first pick to Jacksonville. So our Super Bowl, I think it's in two weeks, Jacksonville against um, the Chicago. Bears. Yeah. And if that happens – Chicago looked pretty good today. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing. Play good now and then take Jacksonville for granted. But what we want, we want the Patriots to be able to play meaningful games. And it starts next week because they are playing in Miami against the Dolphins. And the week after, they're hosting the Buffalo Bills. And then um, the Jets go up to uh, Foxborough. The last game of the season after the new year. I if uh, if New England is out of the playoffs, we we got to be we're, careful on that. We're screwed. We're, we're screwed. I'm telling you, he Bill will tank. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just, just to screw us. He's going to come up. The, the, the question is, yeah. what's the excuse he's going to come up with? That's it. Well, watch. He'll have uh, he'll have his running back playing quarterback, saying everybody else has COVID or something. That something's going to happen. That's why Ray. It's so important why we want Jacksonville to win at least one game. Yep. So, all right, that's about it. My, my, I'll just give you my last thoughts, and, Ray, you could uh, chirp in also. It's, um, it's been a tough season for all us Jet fans, and the fact that they're playing hard 
for uh, the team to me is no consolation, to be honest with you. I mean, up till today, the last few weeks, it was a little more fun with a little more competition. The games were a little more enjoyable against the Raiders and a few weeks before that against the Patriots. But still, uh, as much as I want that number one pick, when I'm in front of the TV, and it's going to be like that for two weeks, I'm still rooting for the Jets to do well. If yeah. it comes down to the last game, I'm sure I'll root against the Jets <laughs> just to secure that pick. Yeah. Um, so with that I, said, uh, go ahead, Ray, your thoughts. I was just going to say that it's games like today are tough to watch, and that's what frustrated me in the first – and had me really kind of steaming in the first half was – I felt like that could have been a still a competitive game at halftime, but through various things that we talked about there, it was it was pretty much over. So that by the time, you know, what was it, halfway through the third quarter, it, we already knew it was over, and and it was it was a long quarter and a half just to get through that game, and and these are the kind of games, you know, that nobody looks forward to. I mean, it's one thing to watch your favorite team. It's another thing to just, you know, know they are not capable of beating very many teams um, and still trying to watch them and find positive things. Right. And just so you know, I don't want to be a defeatist like our coach, but when we keep saying we want to move on to the next season, all three of us, uh, Ray, Ralph, and myself, we're all in our 60s. So pretty soon we're going to run, be running out of next season. So we want something to happen fairly quick. And I just want to mention, too, we've said it week in and week out. I think that the quickest way to success is for the Johnson brothers to tell Joe Douglas, you're in charge, you make the draft decisions, you make the free agent decisions, and you make the coaching decision. Your ball game, and if they do that, we will. The New York Jets will have success moving forward. So well, that's it. We'll, ahead, we'll know that we'll know that this year. And if they if they don't, then we're we're in trouble because if Christopher Johnson has any say in who hire we hire as a coach, I have very little faith that we're going to be doing a lot better. Um, I think regardless, we'll do better because I think Joe Douglas does have control of the draft and the free agent part. But the coach thing could be very vital. And if they don't let Joe Douglas decide, if they step in and go, you know, we like, you know, Cower. If Joe Douglas isn't on board with Cower, we shouldn't go with Cower. We should go with who Joe Douglas wants. Give Joe Douglas the power, yeah. make the decisions. And I don't want the Johnsons coming up and saying, I want to get Tim Tebow. I want to get <laughs> exactly. I want to get Rick Farber. Yeah. That ship has sailed. Yep. Wake up, look around the league, look at the successful franchises, look at the Patriots, look at the Steelers, look at the Ravens, look what these organizations are doing. Even, even though they lost today, look at the New York Giants. They got a heck of a coach there. And you have to let Joe Douglas make the decision. So uh, for Ray Clifford and Marty Schupack and Jets Rewind, our next show will be on Thursday night. Until next time.